Welcome to Branding BFF, a podcast for service businesses, creative professionals, and coaches. I'm your host, Lisa Spear. I'll be having authentic conversations with entrepreneurs and brand creators, so you can gain behind-the-scenes insights and inspiration to apply to your branded business. Please note, these are uncensored conversations with guests, so there's a chance they'll be adult language. Today, we'll be talking about building your tribe with Mel Miller. We're using that language because that's how she and the women in her group, Business Sorority, think of themselves. A crucial part of branding is knowing your ideal clients and who you serve. We'll be using this as the focus of our conversation today. As you're listening to this episode, if building your tribe isn't the language that resonates with you, you can substitute phrases like building your group, building your audience, or building your client base. I selected Mel for this topic because of how intentional and successful she's been in building her tribe. She's crystal clear about who she's serving and what her brand stands for. Good morning, Mel. Good morning. So you have a wonderful tribe of women that you have cultivated over the last 10 years. So I want to, before we dive in, to talk about building your tribe and how that went and where you arrived at this point. I want to just get a sense of who you are and what you do. I am a financial advisor with Ameriprise Financial, and that is part of why I created this tribe. Um, From the Charlotte area, so I'm a native, and been a single mom for a very long time. So a tribe of women for me is incredibly important. So what kind of tribe do you create? Tell us a little bit about it. it. To me, it's the culture when it comes to a tribe. So for me, it was really looking for women that understood how to lift each other up and understood the importance of being vulnerable with each other, good communication, looking for growth. So we've got a lot of different personalities in the group, and I think that's critical. But what is very, very similar is the core values. So some people might call it a networking group. What would you call it? I call it a relationship group. Nice. So tell us more about that. Networking it happens anywhere. To me, life is networking. You can be at the grocery store checking out and having a conversation with the cashier, and that's networking. So networking to me is almost a byproduct of just being social. A relationship group is diving deeper, is really having that no like, and trust feeling with people that you see on a regular basis, and that desire to grow and be involved in similar things. So where did the name Business Sorority come from? Yeah, because women like to get together and have a beverage every (laughs) now and then. So sitting with a group of gals that I was in a former group with, and we were over beverages, and we started talking about the fact that we had almost created a little sisterhood within this group. So the name Business Sorority kind of arose out of that conversation. So one thing with tribes um, is that you know, it's people that come together that have something in common. And what's really cool about tribes and branding, what's in common is usually they're for some people and they're not for other people. So when I like to think about, you know, branding and someone's like a new entrepreneur, they're like, they're so worried about like turning somebody off and and they want to please everybody. They want to attract everybody. But in reality, uh, if you're more like a magnet where you're attracting some people and repelling other people, that actually makes for a really strong brand and a strong business. So tell us a little bit about, with Business Sorority, who you are and who you're not. Uh, thank you for that. It's 
one of my favorite things to talk about. We are not your traditional networking group. So that is where some people start looking for a networking group that are really looking for a leads group. That's not who we are. We are that group that wants people to really embrace, get involved somewhere, get to know people, and then figure out how we can help each other. People that come into our group, if they have the mentality of giving first, they're probably going to be a good fit. That's the biggest thing, because if they're coming in just looking to take, we are not the group for them. And we've been very intentional with that from the beginning, as far as our applications can't be found online. (laughs) Somebody has to come to a luncheon. We have to get to know them at least a little bit before they can apply for membership. Preferably, they've been invited because they also have to be sponsored by an existing member. Well, that's great. And I know the tagline for your group is grow your circle, heart and mind. So what are the different ways that that shows up in the programming that you offer? That is part of what really creates the culture. Everything we look at, whether it's a breakout learning group or something of that nature, we want it to fit under one of those headings. So for instance, even our business book club, the book needs to match kind of what we stand for, grow your circle, heart or mind, which one does it appeal to? Is it growing your circle? Is it growing your heart? Because it's just giving you something that's really feeding you there? Or is it really growing your mind and you're learning something from it? I think that's really critical to have those pieces. It's really easy for people to come in and go, gosh, I wish we had this. <laughs> and my first question is, where's that fit under grow your circle, heart and mind? That makes a lot of sense. So if they can't answer that, it's not a good fit for us. But I think that that's critical to know your space and stick to your lane. Well, another thing that I'm thinking about is, you know, you do offer a lot of types of events. Um, There's a lot of conversation around ways that introverts like to connect, ways that extroverts like to connect. So how do you address that through your offerings? And what have you what are the patterns you've noticed? That's a great question. The I think what's been really interesting for me is what a great fit this is for introverts, because extroverts pretty much are going to, you know, they're going to be who they're going to be around whatever group they happen to be in, (laughs) because they just they thrive on being around a, a multitude of people where introverts are a little more selective or a little more um, careful with their own energy and what where they're going to spend that energy and I love that this group is a good fit for them as well so you'll see that the extroverts are really going to be showing up for the socials and for the luncheons and things of that nature where the introverts might enjoy more some of our other sessions that are a little smaller and more intimate so whether it's the book club or the speakers group or the 60 second commercial workshop the masterminds are phenomenal So I see the introverts really being involved in some of those things because they like that smaller circle and it doesn't expend as much of their energy. They don't have to recover from it as much. And also that whole ability to go really deep. I I think sometimes when you're in a big group, it can be challenging to go really deep just because the energy in the room, the multitude of things that are happening. And so it can feel more scattered. Um, but that's, again, where some people super thrive, right? So right. it's it's just like which events more connect with where people are at. And one of the things I also know and love about this group is the fact that you don't have requirements, that you have to show up to every single meeting and every single function. Uh, so tell us a little bit about why you chose to do it the way you do. You know, for me, having a women-only group was really important. I think women... 
allow themselves to be more vulnerable and allow themselves to have different conversations around other women more than they do around other men. And that is a really important function of this group. So to have all those pieces that are appealing to multiple levels of women allowing themselves to be intimate and things of that nature is really important. Now, the luncheons, the socials, they're all great. But we encourage people and talk about a lot doing one-on-ones. Because really getting to know each other is where you dive deep and what builds those relationships and allows us to help each other. And I don't care if it's just hey, somebody needs a painter, and it happens to come up in conversation. Well, gosh, I happen to know one. (laughs) Would you like their name? So it is also a great way to make sure that you are expanding those connections. And connecting connections, I think that's a really important piece of our group. So to be able to have all those things, we're also so busy as women. And we have children. We're being wives, sisters, moms, daughters, Whatever we happen to be involved in, if we have an attendance requirement where after two, you're bumped if you don't come, it doesn't (laughs) necessarily work for women. We like to see involvement somewhere. So if you can't make the luncheons, make sure you're doing one-on-ones. Make sure we know you're involved somewhere. Maybe you're just in mastermind. Maybe you're always at the speakers group. Be involved somewhere so that we know you're engaged. Because if you're not engaged, you're definitely not getting the relationship out of it. It's not going to work for you. That makes a lot of sense. Well, what are some of the values that, as the leader of this tribe, that you hold and that you've noticed that women in the tribe also hold? I think, number one, I see a lot of integrity in this group. I see a lot of desire for growth. I see a lot of love and a lot of giving. So I think those are really important and probably at the forefront of where this fits. What I love is because it's one of those groups that likes to grow, it's also a group where we can change something or add something when it's needed. So we had a year where we had two people going through breast cancer, somebody lost their dad. I just saw a need for these sisters to have somebody that was going to make sure they were surrounded by the love and support they needed. So we created the sister liaison role, who's responsible for making sure that they have what they need. If they have need meals delivered to the family, they've got it. If they just need an avalanche of cards and emails and texts sending love and support, they get it. It is really amazing. And that actually coined the term for us of Love Army, which has become a real popular hashtag for us <laughs> because it they really show up like a Love Army. And one of our sisters who was a recipient is the one that got up at a luncheon and said, I didn't know some of these people, but this is a love army, and they showed up for me, and we loved that. I also think what's built into that is, like, the love and fight for, like, the idea of an army. It's a mass of people. It's fighting for something. It's being there for somebody. uh, Got got your back. Yes. (laughs) So um, I like to say um, this is a place for authentic conversations, and – you know, different tribes have different tones of voices, different brands have different tones of voices. So if you were to talk about some of the, uh, the attitude or the types of phrases that you might hear in business sorority, in addition to Love Army, what would you hear? On a regular basis, you're going to hear we're a badass tribe of women that 
know how to support each other, know how to show up, you're gonna hear the F word a lot in this group. <laughs> and you know, if you want to say it here, you can. <laughs> so you know what, I'll, I'll skip that one for now. Everybody knows what that is. It does not mean fine. <laughs> <laughs> or forthright. <laughs> no, not at all. It is a four letter word. Or fun. So you know, it, it's, it's just a group where people can be real and have those conversations. I like to say this is the ju- uh, tr- very true judgment-free area. So we get up and talk in front of the group a lot. And one of my things is this. We like our beverages. We like our cocktails. So in front of the group, I'll say, look, if you're a non-drinker, that's okay. You don't judge us and we won't judge you. <laughs> exactly. That's really important to know who we are before you commit to joining us. Well, that's one of the things that I think is so cool about um, your luncheons is afterwards you have time where people can just get together and have drinks. And I feel like that's where some of those real juicy conversations start happening. You've already experienced an amazing speaker together. You've been able to connect and, you know, get an idea of through these 30 second commercials, like who you might want to talk more with. And so just having the ability on a Friday afternoon to get together over a few drinks and go deeper in conversations, that's where I've had some really fun, rich conversations with people. There was a method to my having all of our (laughs) luncheons on a Friday. It does allow for a lot more freedom to do exactly what you're talking about. Because that's where the you go deeper. That is where you've already you're kind of riding on the enthusiasm of the lunch. And you go upstairs and you have a glass of wine. And the conversation flows. And you get to know what you have in common. You have a conversation about your fur babies or your children or your spouse or significant other. You get to have some real conversations that allow you to get to know each other better and figure out who your inner tribe is. This is a big tribe of women. We have over 100 members. So it's a large tribe. You are not going to be BFFs with over 100 people. But what it does allow you to do is find Who of those people are your inner circle? Yes, we like and or love all of them. But then who are the inner ones that you're going to invite to your home, that you're going to see more regularly, that you're going to celebrate on their birthday, that you're, I love the opportunity to just go deeper with those people. So what happens if along the way, someone becomes a member and it turns out it's just not really a good fit? What do you do? One of the things we implemented probably after year one was you have that. You have somebody that whether they didn't understand who we were or we got really excited because we met them and we really liked them. And then we realized that either they really just want to sell or, you know, they're not really quite the right fit. We re-vote on memberships annually. So we vote on people when they first join and then we revote on the entire membership list from an executive board level annually to make sure they're still the right fit. So it could be because of fit they get voted out. It could be because of what I said earlier. They haven't engaged anywhere in the past year, and they're holding one of the five slots where somebody else could join and be active. So there's a multitude of reasons they might get voted I say off the island sometimes, <laughs> but that, you know, those are some of the reasons. So we look at the full thing. Have they been engaged somewhere? Are they holding a slot, you know, from it being open to somebody else? Are they that person that was really just looking for leads? Then they may not get renewed. Well, and I would guess that they're voted off the island with love. That's just my guess. <laughs> Absolutely, they are. So tell us about um, why you chose five slots per industry. 
it seemed like a damn good number. Um, you know, I I felt like three wasn't quite enough because there's so many. For instance, I'm a financial advisor. I work with people that are advice receptive, that are looking for somebody to look at the whole package on a holistic basis. You have other financial advisors that maybe they just sell life insurance. And if that's all somebody wants, they need that. But that's probably not my forte is just to be a product person. So to have enough people where here's a variety of things, because each industry, you know, this is an industry you're in, and there's a lot of people that are in that industry in a variety of ways. You want the fit, and you want your choices. So we felt like that was a really good number to give enough choices to find what you want and find the right fit. It also gives the people in the group who maybe someone approaches them or they got referred and they're not the right fit, it gives them other people they can refer out to, which I think is really cool. Yes. I have seen that work together a lot. I've referred people, you know, for if somebody just needs life insurance, it, it depends on my relationship with that person as to whether I'll, you know, just handle it for him. But if it's somebody that I I don't have a relationship with, I'm probably going to refer him to somebody that that's what they really want to do is sell life insurance. I love the opportunity to still know that I'm sending them to somebody really good that I trust to take care of them. Yeah. Because for me, like, I get the same thing where, like, someone comes to me and they just want a logo. And I'm like, well, that's not really the way I work. I work on the whole brand clarity and strategy. Like, I feel like that's the foundation in which we're going to build anything that's visual or creative. And so there are people who just love creating logos. And so having the ability to say, like, hey, that's not for me. Uh, I think what you're up to is great. And let me refer you to somebody who would be happy to take on that project. Yes. And I love, you know, we have uh, the realtor slot is always a popular one. They are probably some of my greatest examples of people that I've really seen get to know each other well. They don't treat each other's competition. And that is an important thing in this group for five slots is you can't see each other's competition. You have to know that there's a fit for all of us. And these realtors, they're amazing. They get to know what each other's specialties are, and I've seen them refer each other on a regular basis. Well, it's so good to know what your sweet spot is. It's so good to know what someone else's sweet spot is because particularly if it's the give first mentality, yes, we all want business, but it's better to do business with people that are the great clients for you than to do business with somebody who you're just doing it to make the money. And ultimately, you're not going to be able to do your best work. And they're probably not going to be quite as happy as if they were working with somebody who excelled in that area. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about the growth in the last 10 years, because I feel like when you started out, you know, you were how many people were you at in the beginning? And what has happened over the last 10 years? Well, I had another group that I ran briefly, and I had non-compete with them in this area. So when I initially started Business Sorority, it actually started in Gaston County. And after my two-year non-compete was up, moved it to Charlotte. So probably in the beginning, I probably started out with 30 members. That's actually really substantial as a first group. I I was very pleased with that. and had already built those relationships with these women from some of the other groups that I was involved in. Moved to Charlotte, and we had one chapter for a good period of time. I believe we just had our, see, either our two-year or three-year anniversary of our second chapter. And we're getting ready to have a third chapter start in August. So it, we've really grown. And, you know, you have some of that attrition factor 
where some people are coming in, some people are going for a variety of reasons. We've had a few sisters that have moved to Charleston, which may give me an excuse to look (laughs) at starting a fourth chapter in Charleston. But it's been really neat to see the quality of amazing women that we get in the room, both with who they are and with what they do, the professionalism, uh, the desire for growth, and the real desire to help each other. I think it's really inspiring that, you know, you having a tribe of 30 women is phenomenal. Having a tribe of women that you've been able to grow and cultivate over 10 years is super inspiring. So, like, what are you most proud of over these last 10 years? The relationships, the bonds, the love army piece. Yeah. You know, because you anybody can implement a mastermind group anybody can uh, I don't know that anybody wants to there's work behind it I have an amazing leadership team and there's no way we would get done what we get done without these amazing women that are involved in all these aspects of it so I have the leadership team I have the executive board I have people that are putting time and effort into this and knowledge into this and they're really committed to continuing to push business authority forward. And I have to give a lot of credit to them for the growth and for the feel that you get when you walk in the room. My favorite compliment from guests is I could tell when I walked in my very first luncheon, I could get a feel for how this room is, the excitement, the love in the room, the genuine eagerness to get to know who I am and what I do. It's just different. And for the people that want that difference, we're the right fit. Yeah. And and also with all the positive things, sometimes there's missteps. So what would you say have been a few of your missteps in the last 10 years? You know, sometimes you try to implement things too fast Mm -hmm. and people aren't ready for it or you found the wrong person to run it or, you know, in the very beginning, you want a leadership team. And some people want a leadership role, but don't didn't really realize how much work there was going to be behind it. So Sometimes you, those happen, and we had to really get better at defining job descriptions for leadership and what direction we wanted to go in. Uh, as I get new leaders, it's very interesting because some will come up with the same ideas we had eight years ago, and I'm an immediate no, and sometimes I'll see the look on the face and go, okay, see, we've already explored that one. Thank you. It's great in theory. It doesn't work in, in practice. So we've made some of those missteps. We've either tried something or thought about something or had somebody in a seat that it didn't work. And we just keep adjusting that as needed. Um, But we do it with love. And I think that's another important piece too, is if somebody's, you know, one of my, I don't remember which book this came from, I want to say it was good to great. But one of the philosophies was get all the right people on the bus and then figure out what seat they, they go in. And sometimes they sit in the wrong seat and you move them to a different seat and they excel. And it's important to find their passions and where they really want to be involved and can dig into and put their teeth into and just love doing. That's the right seat for them. And I think that's one of the nice things about this group, too, is it really does allow people to grow both in their own personal development and in their leadership skills. Like if you want to step into leadership, you can. And and there's sometimes steps that people need to take to get there. But uh, one of the things I've noticed is um, how people have grown into become speakers. I know there's a couple people in the group that way back when I think they first joined the group, they would not have felt comfortable or confident speaking at one of the luncheons, uh, holding like the 20 minutes and, and really creating a great topic to invite people into. So tell us a little bit about um, 
I, I think I've already spilled the beans a little bit on that, but um, is there anything else you'd like to add to that? I think the speakers group has been amazing because you really have two sides of that. You've got the people that really want to get up and speak in public and be able to go speak to other groups or our group. And then you have people that just want to really hone in on their 30 and or 60 second commercial and get better at explaining who they are and what they do and make somebody want to sit down with them. Or as Leanne says, I want to give you my money right now. (laughs) So I think those, I think both pieces are really important. And what I've seen on the speaker side, Becca Basil is probably one of my favorite stories with that because she, when I first met her, she would not even be comfortable getting up and giving her 30 second commercial. And to see her get up and have a dynamite 20 minute talk where she got the audience enthusiastic and engaged. She was dynamite. I love seeing that kind of growth in somebody. And these areas we have, they're not just for fun. They really make change happen. Yeah, I think that's the whole thing about um, when I'm thinking about an actual tribe of people, there's got to be enough richness there and depth there and breadth there for a tribe to still be relevant 10 years later. Um, So what other insights or tips or perspectives might be useful for somebody else, either thinking about creating a group, a tribe, a brand, anything that you think actually is relevant in your experience? If somebody is trying to start a group, I don't care what size you're looking at, you have to make it about the members. You cannot make it about you. It's not about you when you start a group. We've got dues-paying members that are looking for value, that are looking for growth, that are looking for relationships. If I made that all about me, we would not be where we are. This is about the members. This is about really enjoying each other, engaging, growing, affecting change. One of the other pieces for those members to look for is if you're going to join a group, you should feel good. You should feel good when you're there. You should, I, I, I like to say, you should look forward to going. You should have fun when you're there, and you should get something out of it. Nice. Those three things are really important. Don't join the group if you don't have those three things. It's so interesting how that ties back to grow your circle heart and mind. I just made that connection just now, which is beautiful, right? Because if you have some kind of motto, mantra, tagline, it can help you make choices. It can help you realize, like, is this group filling on what we set out to be fulfilling on? Absolutely. I mean, don't we all want that even personally? I want to, what's important to you? How can you possibly have goals? How can you possibly be looking to grow if you don't know what you're trying to get to? What I love the feeling of, I know the women in this group feel accepted and feel like they're enough. And feel loved in this group for exactly who they are and sometimes knowing that you're enough gives you permission to grow into more beautiful well thank you so mel so much mel for your time this was a wonderful conversation and gives a great example of other people who are looking at building a tribe building a group Uh, thank you for the inspiration for your heartfelt conversation and for the love thanks for having me thanks for joining the branding bff crew Subscribe to stay connected to more behind-the-scenes brand conversations with entrepreneurs and brand creators. We also welcome your rating and review on iTunes so more people can find us. 
This show is brought to you by Sphere Creative Edge, a strategic branding business. We help small business owners build a strong brand foundation so they can connect with their ideal clients and use their time, money, and energy more effectively. Learn more at spearcreativeedge.com.